0: Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word.
1: Good morning. It's Monday, October 26th, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. Today, we're going to continue our study in the book of Ezekiel. We're going to be looking at chapters 41 and 42. I can't believe it that we are on the home stretch of the book of Ezekiel. So just a few more chapters left, and we're going to be wrapping this book up. Um, and, and I would probably say it's fair to say if I asked somebody to tell me what they've learned through the book of Ezekiel so far is, uh, they would probably say something to the effect of, I understand God's judgment and God's wrath um, because we've seen over and over again the Lord's wrath um, come down on the people of Jerusalem because of their withdrawal, because of their um, their sin and their acceptance of sin and how they have just um, moved the presence of the Lord out, out of the city. So we've seen this over and over again in the book of Ezekiel. And then here, now as we kind of get to the end, we're, we're starting to look more at a vision of rebuilding of the future of Jerusalem, you know, and and what is to come, the beautiful hope of God's glory and the returning of 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 Jerusalem as as it should be. Um, and and today, especially, we're going to look at the temple and the visions of the temple that Ezekiel had, of of ultimately a dream um, and what what the temple should become. And if you've read this, you're going to see. A lot of detail in Ezekiel 41 and 42. A lot of measurements, um, a lot of descriptive words. As we look at this um, at this passage today, and and really, it is just going to describe um, how important it is, uh, and how wonderful and majestic the power of and the presence of the Lord is. Um, because of the detail that went into this. It wasn't something that was thrown together. It was so descriptive of exactly what the temple should be. I mean, we're going to look through a little bit of 41 and 42. Um, you know, I don't expect anybody to remember this um, when it, because it's of the measurements. You know, nobody's going to say, "Would you learn today? I learned that the width of the entrance was 17 and a half feet. Um, that's not it. I think we can learn a lot from this and some application as we as we wrap this up towards the day, so a couple of things I just wanted to read through forty one and forty two a little bit, and that's just to look for the importance of the the detail the importance of the measurements and the intricacies that um Ezekiel writes here um and and how uh, how this was so detailed to every quarter of an inch to every carving that was on a wall. To the materials that were used. Um, he, he is writing here of so many details, and, and I, I want to just highlight some of those. And, and we'll just, I guess, we'll just start in 41. Um, and it says, Next, he brought me into the great hall and measured the jams on each side. The width of the jam was 10 and a half feet, the width of the entrance was 17 and a half feet, and the side walls of the entrance were eight and three quarters feet wide on each side. He also measured the length of the Great Hall, 70 feet, and the width, 35 feet. So you can just see from here, you know, I've thrown out probably seven different measurements, but it says the width of the jam was 10 and a half feet. So you can get this, get an understanding here of just the size and the scope of what we're talking about with this building of the length um, and the width of these walls and just how detailed this was, little by little, he's walking through this temple, describing the different um, the different measurements of the inside. And in chapter forty-two, looking at the priest chambers, and then going even outside in the latter part of forty-two to the outside dimensions of of the temple. Um, you know, and, and outside he just goes through the measuring rod of it's eight hundred and seventy-five feet square. Toward the end of of chapter forty two so you can see over and over again there's dimensions after dimensions after dimensions, and um all of this detail, so we can say you know why, why is this important? Well, I think this is important because um because the design of each part of this temple is symbolic of something about the glory and the nature of god and and today, instead of having this temple built out of stones at the temple which we're studying about and and reading about with these measurements. So instead of this temple of stones, we have God that lives with us and in our lives. So so in a sense, even though the, the temple has changed shape or the temple has changed, the same d- design principles are still in place. They still exist. You know, when the ancient Israelites looked at the temple, it pointed them to God. So how is our temple, our body, how are we pointing other people to Christ? I think it 's a very valuable question that we 're going to look at today and, and evaluate in our own lives is how are we and how is our life pointing people to Christ because that was the intent of this temple. it was to point people closer to God and to his presence so if we look at our own lives, how are we pointing others to christ and and you know when you start thinking about even just our physical physical makeup I think a lot of us um, would probably go to the book of Psalms and specifically chapter 139 because it talks about who we are and how we were created and how the Lord knows us. So I'm going to read Psalm 139, um, just just a, about six or seven verses of this. But I hope that this just kind of sets the stage of what we're looking at, of, of we were created by the Lord just as, as we're looking at the temple and the creation and how this temple was going to be built and how it's certain measurements and, and so intricate. The Lord has also created us with that same intentionality. Um, and, and we are created to do great things for the Lord. So Psalm 139 says in verse 13, For you created my in, inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, I saw your eyes and your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to me. How precious to me are your thoughts, God, and how vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, you would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake, I'm still with you. So you can see, just from these few short verses in Psalm 139, how the Lord has created each and every one of us, how we are all unique, but we are all created in His image, and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the Lord um, has ordained us, and the Lord has called us to, to, to serve Him. So I want to look as as we um, kind of move forward in this study of Ezekiel 41-42, want to try to find some application through this. And you're saying, how in the world are we going to do this with a bunch of measurements and with a bunch of numbers? I think that we can look at this um, through some ways um, and details in our life and how we point other people to Christ. So the first one I want to look at is that our hands that care for others point to the great compassion of God. Hands that care for others point to the great compassion of of God, how are we? How are we serving? When we look at those in need, are we um, displaying the compassion of God? You know, compassion um, is something that I feel is often overlooked in a busy world. We just don't take the time to truly be compassionate, to pause, to listen, to pray with others. So, Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, in verse three, says, "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion." and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is our comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, It is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. So so looking up, um, looking back at the compassion of God, and He is the God of comfort. And He can comfort us in any trouble with the comfort we have received from Him. So how are we reflecting that to others? How are we um, displaying the compassion of God? And, And how are we reflecting on what the Lord has done? For us so are our, um, our hands caring for others with compassion of God? Secondly, I want I want to look at our eyes. Um, do we have eyes that see the problems going on in the world and refuse to ignore them? Do we point um, to the justice of God? So do we have eyes that see problems going on in the world and we refuse to ignore those problems um, and that points to the justice of God. You know, it doesn't take a lot to look around the world we live in, and um, and and see the injustice happening. You can't turn on the news um, without seeing it in our own nation, um, seeing it around the world. Injustice is something that's happening um, all around us. But when we refuse to ignore that, and and we um, step in, that is a display of the justice of God because He is He has put this this desire in us um, to. Uh, to work toward justice. So uh, uh, Isaiah one seventeen is a verse many of you I'm sure know. Um, it says, "Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, and bring justice to the fatherless, and please, sorry, and plead the case of the widow." Um, you know, are we seeking justice? You know, as a, as a ministry, we are serving the fatherless. We are restoring families. Um, how are we doing that in our day to day lives? Micah six eight what does the Lord require, but for you to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God, Justice is mentioned over and over throughout the scripture, and we also read about that in the first parts of Ezekiel, you know in the very in the very beginning, really up until this point, we've seen the justice of God. Um, so when we see justice, are we stepping up are we um, are we acting? That so, the first one was hands that care for others point to the compassion of God, the second one was eyes that see the problems going on in the world, um, and when we are prompted toward justice and action, and then thirdly, a mouth that speaks what is right and good points to the truth of God, a mouth that speaks what is right and good points to the truth. Of God, Philippians four eight says, "Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, worthy, think about such things, because it's so easy for us to maybe um, do actions, you know, to, to see uh, injustice and act on it, or um, to to see somebody hurting and have compassion." But what are we doing with our mouths? Are we speaking the truth? Are we opening and and, uh, intentionally sharing the gospel with those around us? So how are we being intentional in sharing the gospel and speaking truth? Um, And then lastly, a heart that feels for others and reaches out to them points to the wonderful love of God. A heart that feels for others and reaches out to them points to the wonderful love of God. You know, when you look at um, all of these these things and are um, looking at the details of our lives and how this should point others to Christ, and it can be your actions with your eyes and and with your heart, but ultimately, what does it look like with how you're displaying the love, love of God? You know, I was definitely... Convicted about this and how am I intentionally displaying the love of God with those those around me, you know in first John chapter 4 really does a um, I love the way that it is is written and it says in verse 7 dear friends Let us love one another for love comes from God Everyone who has been born of God and knows God Whoever does not love Does not know God because God is love you know, if we can look at our, our walks with Christ, um, it should be defined by the love that we have for Him. And the overflow of that is the love that we have for others. You know, God, God showed His love for us when He sent His only Son. Um, and He poured out His grace upon us and the wrath upon His Son so that we could find forgiveness. And because of that love, how are we displaying love to those, those around us, you know, and it's, um, I think the opportunity is, is there. It's just a matter of us leveraging that. So, so how, how are we using the details of our life to point others, others to Christ? You know, this, this temple was built with intricate design. Ezekiel wrote, um, just in detail about everything, every wall, the width, the size, the span, interior, exterior, um, over and over again through 41 and 42. But how are we using our temple, the, 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 the temple that the Lord has given us, to manifest the gospel? How are we showing this to the world that we live in? And how are the details of our lives pointing others to Christ you know, do they see the compassion of our, of our father? Do they see the justice of our God? Do they see the truth of our father and the love that only comes from him through us and our daily interactions? So I think, you know, often it's easy just to go through the motions, but I would just say take today's message and today's Bible study to really evaluate your temple. What are you doing with the temple that the Lord has given you? Because you have the you have Christ in you. How are you using that to further the gospel and to share the hope that you have in your soul? So as we wrap up our time today, we're going to be um, spending some time in prayer. Um, Today we're going to be praying for the country of Romania, um, specifically for the Lord to bring missional-minded families to Lifeline. Um, We need Romanian families to be able to uh, adopt and to, to minister to these children. Um, you know, we also, um, we want to pray for the government. You know, we want to be able to to pray for um, the, the national authority of adoption there. Um, just that the Lord will continue to allow us to develop strong relationships um, and for our communication to be clear. We don't want anything to get lost in translation. So we also want to pray um, for the president of the ministry there. Um, and just pray for the relationship to to strengthen. Um, as obviously she is the one making those decisions. So as we interact with the government and the adoption authority there in Romania, may those relationships um deepen. And then also we just want to pray for our team um, on, on the staff that focuses on these programs through um through adoption, through unadopted, as we continue to minister to the country of Romania. Um, just pray for those relationships to deepen. And then also um, just grateful that we are continue to see fruit um, grow and 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 our staff have intentional gospel conversations with our Romanian team. So let us close out our time today and pray. God we are thankful for your word. Um, and Lord sometimes it's easy to look at books in chapters like Ezekiel 41 and 42, and and just skim over it. But God, may we understand that there are no mistakes in your in your Word, God. That everything has a has a meaning, and God that this book is these chapters are full of symbolism of who you are, God of your love and of your justice and of your truth, and God may we dwell on that as we serve you this week, God. We're grateful for the opportunity to um, serve and partner with Romanian families and with government officials. And God, we just pray that you continue to use our team to speak truth and the hope of who you are in all of these relationships. God, whether it be with, um, Lord, uh, a new family, whether it be with a government official or maybe a missionary there on the ground, God, use us to just to be your hands and feet. God, may others see your your glory through us. and. And even as we study today, Lord, may may our temple be a true reflection of who you are and what you're doing in our lives. So Father, we love you and we thank you for um, drawing us here and allowing us to serve one another. These things we ask in your name. Amen.
0: Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info@lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.